Hey there, Sean. Hey, Pierce. How's it going? It's pretty okay. All right. That means it's time for another episode of the It's Pretty Okay podcast. Let's do it. Let's start the show. sense in waiting for it uh we're we're jumping jumping right in because pierce has a story for us he said and i i would love I, I i could use an afternoon where i feel like i'm in kindergarten again so uh let's do it it's story time baby so i did something i really despise doing today which is i called someone on the phone on purpose um i I called someone on the phone in hopes of solving a problem. So in making this phone call to a place I had not interacted with before, but as we'll get to, get to, I was involved somewhat tangentially in the problem. Um, I called someone, I was had to go through a directory, then I talked to someone and was transferred to a person, then I talked to another person and was transferred to another person and then I and then I interacted with what is effectively the final boss. And I had been warned about this final boss, this boss that is apparently mean and can be um, somewhat vindictive, um, even when you're doing something that is in their best interest. And so I had to decide how I would deal with the boss. And the way I dealt with the boss was to try to buddy up to them in some ways and commiserate with them about how the thing that I wanted solved had to do with a document being sent. And the reason that this final boss had not been able to transfer said document is because the person who was asking for it wanted it faxed and they said, go kick rocks. And so it went via email instead. So what you're saying is you tried to cancel a Comcast service today. No, I, no, 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 no. I'll go IRS. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Actually, no, you definitely didn't try to cancel a Comcast service today because it sounds from the way you're talking about it like you got things resolved today and it didn't take four fucking months. <laughs> that is correct. But it did take a week. And I'm not even sure that this happened, but the person told me that they were, uh, quote unquote, about to do it because they had just gotten off the phone with the other people who were asking for this thing. And of course, what I am describing is the purchase of a new vehicle, a new vehicle, which is not mine, but I was the co-signee on the loan. And this, this is what I was trying to avoid because buying a car, a thing that I don't know, Driver's licenses are one of the most common like ways people interact with the government. Um, probably second to some combination of or, or third to like marriage licenses and social security numbers. Um, I would think birth certificates. Um, you know the one that asking. everyone has. Well, you have to be born. You have to be born here for that. Whereas marriage licenses and social security numbers, you don't necessarily have to be born here. Well, I'm thinking of of American government. So so you're right. In any case, I don't know how other countries do those things. I just know yeah. how we do them. But purchasing a car is something that a lot of people are part of because we live in a system where you the way you get places is by car. And that obviously has a lot of problems. 
but in the course of purchasing a car there are a lot of things that are unpleasant and in my household there was recently a car purchased and i tried to stay out of it but provide some advice and a lot of my fears in reasons that i stepped away and and reasons i gave advice on how to do certain things um because this is a in my mind a bad process were found to be justified and not to make this a basically yes or no question but can you convince me that it's not actually this bad uh, are any of us gonna try to I mean, you don't. You don't. We don't have to try to. We can. Com- you can commiserate like hey, I did Max, with the boss. Max, you bought today. a vehicle recent, somewhat recently. Yeah. So I assume the final boss in this case was the 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 person in charge of helping or assisting with the financing of the vehicle. The the finance guy, which yeah. everybody else was apparently not terrible. This person, right. I will I will share so, this. This person literally ripped up a piece of paper in his office. Yeah, yeah. For no so, reason. so we did have the same experience. Um, everyone else in the building wants to do whatever it takes for you to buy a car. Yeah. And whatever it takes means being nice, being helpful, whatever it takes. The finance guy wants his money and he wants it now. <laughs> Our experience was also well, an extremely He wants it over the course also, of several years. Well, I shouldn't say he wants it now. He he doesn't just want his money and he wants it now. He wants you to to finance with him. Correct. And if you choose not to do that, like I did, then he has a hissy fit and then he wants his <laughs> money and he wants it now. And yeah, we actually what? had a situation where our, our I, I could get into it, but it's kind of a long story. Our our payment for uh, effectively didn't go through immediately. And the salesperson was like, don't worry, you can take the car home anyway. And the finance guy got in a fight with her in front of us. <laughs> was like, they can't take the car without paying for it. And she was like, yeah, I'm going to give them like a 48 hour, like as if it's a loaner from the dealership. And so <laughs> I let them fight between, I was like, we'll, we're good for the money. Bye. And we technically left with the vehicle without paying a dime. Yeah. I mean, th- there's, there's something here that, you know what you're talking about max in some ways is like car dealerships are really this a lot of times i think this vertical integration because you like it is a blank brand dealership and they're like franchised but but there's a way and you become part of the ecosystem and you do the reviews at the end and you send them to the to the car company basically and yeah sometimes they sell used cars and other things but a lot of it is like they're getting from the the car manufacturer and it goes to the dealer and then the dealer wants you to finance with them as opposed to your bank and then they want them want you to come back to do your service there for things like recalls or just general service so they want you to stay in that silo the whole time and anytime you step out anytime you do the thing which is you know competition which just like when you you may have looked at three different car car dealerships or whatever they're like no and they throw a fit and I get it. I understand. That's the model that we have. But wow, is it unpleasant as a consumer? Yeah, I think the thing that kind of confuses me is that there are lots of institutions where maybe you had the your your parents' wisdom of like, oh, like talk to the to the cable company and like they'll give you a deal for whatever if you call them. But now these companies are kind of 
like it's just a, it's a nationwide brand like here's what we're offering like that's what you get what you see on the website is what you get and like most of those things have disappeared but for some reason with like a car dealership there's still this like there's this gamesmanship there's like you can't just say what's my price there's not a set price for the whole country like if you look at samsung tvs samsung tells places that sell their tvs you cannot charge more than this price for the tv and for some reason that doesn't even before you get to the financing that just the shopping for a car and knowing what is a fair price to pay and what fees are okay or not is unclear yeah and i i I mean a lot of this those those kind of those trends um, Kevin, that I think you're alluding to, um, a website that is still sometimes good and covers as well as Jalopnik and things that are going on is because the competition is still sort of shifted in the, the dealer's favors, even setting aside like the, um, there are a lot of ways to get into this, but setting aside what the, the interest rates are on loans right now, cause those are kind of collectively not good money is expensive at the moment mm-hmm. um but there is people still have money such that routinely they are paying over msrp for for cars so that's why you have the average price of i actually i think it's the median price of a new car right now is is like 40. well over yeah it's well over forty thousand dollars almost fifty thousand dollars that is a ton of money i'll let you do the math yourself if you put down 20 percent what the financing is such that if you have a five and a half percent interest rate you're paying like seven hundred dollars a month on on that maybe more um more. yeah max max says more and and i am the least engineer on this this podcast so i i don't know i i've just i've just described all these different ways why you know buying a car sucks and i don't um and that's a scientific term i i i wish in theory it's nice to go and look at cars i know some people who who enjoy that they like enjoy going and just looking at cars but my experience is like when you go into a dealership they won't they like won't let you leave without like you know, drawing blood so that they can just put it directly in the car so that they can match it on a biometric level with you and you have to buy it. You know, I think that the time wasting I imagine is because when they throw on these like BS fees or whatever, you're like, well, I kind of just want to be done with this. So like, I don't know if you're trying to throw an extra 200 bucks, I don't want to have to go through this process again. So you got me. I mean, this is maybe a dumb question. I should I should say that part of the reason that you haven't heard my voice in so long is that I've never bought a car. Like every yeah, every and, car and I've and ever well, driven that's... has been a hand down from someone else. And like this is frankly, this is scaring the fuck out of me because I am probably about I would say about two years at most from probably needing to replace the vehicle that I am currently driving, which is 15 years old uh, Mm -hmm. and, you know, kind of starting to not be in especially great condition anymore. Uh, The yearly maintenance costs are piling up, Um, you know, but maybe this is a stupid question, but like, don't, how much of this is just like a willpower thing? You just tell someone to fuck off and walk away. 
Well, like on any given so, day, I, I, I'm and I'm I'm approaching this as the naive one. Like on any given day, shouldn't it just be pretty easy to be like, yeah, we're we're done here for now. I mean, yeah, I was gonna say like I, I've had that experience in some dealerships. I think the difference is whether you know you want to buy a certain car or not. It's like once you've mm. once you've locked in and shown interest, it's sort of like they're fishing, right? So I'll give you an example. So I used to have a mini and I did maintenance. For oh, the did mini, you now? The mini dealership in Boston, which is also in a BMW dealership because mm-hmm. they're owned by them. And it's next to Didn't a know that Porsche, either. Jaguar and Land Rover dealership. And so when my mini was being serviced, I would go into those dealerships to look at those cars and nobody would talk to me. <laughs> they wouldn't even ask well, if I, anything. They wouldn't, you know. One person finally talked to me at the BMW dealership, and it was on like the fourth visit. And they certainly didn't talk to me at the Porsche dealership. Um, <laughs> so not not exactly what you're getting at, but like you you can be ignored. But even if you're there, like, and you're not necessarily being ignored, it, it, it I found that they're not necessarily so pushy until you've started the process of buying the car in in my experience that's where everything gets shitty <laughs> yeah and and sean to your your point is if if you know if you have a sense that you are say you've narrowed down the brand brands and you're pretty sure you want to buy from you want to get a honda but but you're not ready to commit that day or something um, maybe where you live, maybe in Richmond, they have two Honda dealerships, but if you're in a place that only has one or you already know that you don't like the other one, yeah, telling someone to back off, it it's kind of hard because there's not that much competition. I think in a, mm-hmm. in a more competitive world, you would have dealerships that like only sell SUVs and like they may sell, you know, the two models of SUVs that, that sell, sell a lot or the three or four. And then you have a place that's, you know, geared toward maybe the, the lower end, the more value driven market. And they just have like sedans, like they sell Corollas and Civics and, um, you know, Sonatas or something. Um, but that's just not how it works. So if you, if you cut things off because you're like, please stop telling me about the Toyota Highlander. I do not have eight children and I don't want to spend $65,000 on a car. It's kind of at your own risk because they will remember. And also somehow just by walking on the lot there, they have all of your information. They know not only not only what they not only do they know what hospital you were born in, but they know the address of the nurse in the NICU. I mean, just stuff like that. It's it's so it's so crazy because it's the most expensive thing most people will ever purchase. I mean, if you don't own a home, which is yeah, well, impossible. And, and I think that Max, when you got your car, it was a much more frantic environment too, right? Like there was a huge shortage of things. Yeah, we bought it, and you when kind of had to jump on it. No chips and very few. I, I mean, it was absurd to be honest. Like we went to test drive a toyota forerunner at a toyota dealership not only did they did they not have a new forerunner to test drive the best they had was a three-year-old forerunner that had yep. not been cleaned that, that is we could still test happening. drive and then they said if you want to buy a new one you can put down a stupid amount of money and you might get it in 18 months yeah and you can't test drive it yeah. that was and, that and, was what we were told so they, to weren't, add- they didn't have to do a lot of work to sell these cars because they didn't have cars to sell that's another yeah. reason why they weren't very pushy is because 
Like, we went to try to, um, apparently, like, they had one full-size Ford Bronco on the Ford lot. And we were like, that thing's awesome. How long is the wait list? And they said, yeah, we don't even know. We're not taking names. They said some guy came in and offered them, I think, 40 or 50K cash over MSRP. And Ford won't let them say yes to that. They can't sell it. Because they have to have one on the lot for people to test drive. So someone essentially offered them, it's it's only like a $30,000 vehicle. So someone offered them, like, 80K cash, and they couldn't sell it. <laughs> So and, like, and why I, are they? So they're not going to do much to sell me on a Ford Bronco because they clearly sell themselves. <laughs> I've never felt sorry in my life for an American corporation until right now. This is the we first can't time. Allow you to be this, this is stupid. the last it's time. But like, <clears throat> you know, the, these people spend their entire lives trying to figure out how to get fools to part with their money they found the biggest fool that's existed and they couldn't even take his cash that's crazy so also max's dalliance with with the mini aside um which is you know we've talked we've actually talked before on a podcast about about dream cars and like not that that dream was dashed but it may be deferred again is it a dalliance if it's multiple years I, I mean, it, it depends. What, what is time? Time is a creation. Um, <laughs> Do you so, imagine zipping around the mountains of Central Oregon in a Porsche Panamera? That would be. Wouldn't great. that be fun? I'll look not, into it. Not um, if there was even one flake of snow on the ground, it wouldn't be. But well, I think I think those might come with all-wheel drive. Also, I'm certain that they're heavy as hell, especially the electric one. But I think the greater point is that. We are not car enthusiasts, to use a, a, a nice term. And I think that for some people, the process of haggling over a deal and being able to get what you want or just saying, take all of all of the money in cash because I want that so bad. It, whether it's I sit in, in traffic for, for two hours every day and I want a, really a touring type vehicle, I want a living room on wheels, or, or you want to get out and drive through the hills and go quickly around curves and stuff. Like, that's not something that I'm necessarily drawn to, but maybe you're like, this is, the juice is worth the squeeze if, if that's the case. You know, I will, I will pay that amount because I want the Hyundai Genesis G70, which is the SUV that people are buying way over at, uh, MSRP right now. And don't quote me on the name, but that's, I believe what it's called. But even if you're a car enthusiast, I think you would still probably rather just, Go to go to Audi's website and say purchase the vehicle, and they'll say, "Okay, great. Go yeah. pick it up at this location." Yeah. And I'm not sure. Do do we know if like that's how Teslas work? Because I know there's like a wait list and stuff. So do you? How does that work? I don't know how that works with the whole like go to the dealership and talk and about Tesla fees doesn't have for... dealerships. You basically buy one online and you just pick it up at the right. Tesla store. Yeah. <clears throat> right. That's what I mean. I'm so I don't. Um, I imagine that we would head to a world where that is every car dealership. I'm just surprised that it's not already that way. Yeah, I, I don't know why it's not like that. I think it has to do with the manufacturers and they want to create kind of that that integration that we talked about and the, the siloing. Um, that's not something I'm as aware of, but like, think about it. You, you just described, like Max described this experience where you have you have a salesperson you have a finance person who is separate from that. Um, and then you also have service personnel and also just administrative staff to support all that. Like there's so many people who 
who you buy the car and you're just entering the ecosystem. Like it's not, that's not the last time you go there. Well, this is still also it, uh, more than, uh, more than anything you buy, except maybe a house. Like this is still the thing where the test drive matters. Like you, uh, as a person without like a strong, I know exactly what kind of vehicle I want, like I know exactly what I want preference, like the ability to drive it around and see if I like the feel of how it drives strikes me as extremely important to this process. And so like I can't, the thought of buying a car sight unseen and inking paperwork on a, you know, five-figure loan online mm -hmm. makes my skin crawl. Yeah, I mean, this is one of the few things that, I mean, there are only so many things that are non-perishable goods that you can't really return. Like, you can't really return a house. You can't return a car. Uh, I mean, I guess you could. I mean, that's sort of what a warranty is in some ways. But, like, you're probably not going to return this thing. And I, I think that that's understood on both ends, yes. as you got to, Sean. But, like, you know, the test drive, that's, like, there's pressure on that performance if you're the salesperson. Like, that, the, I think the test drive is a cool thing that exists. It's just kind of what comes after when you say, yeah, this convinced me. It's like, oh, well, this is when my troubles began. <laughs> I think I'm just thinking you know probably foolishly that I, with my bottomless capacity for blank stares I, like i feel like i have the you know i'm a five tool player when it comes to surviving the car buying process um I also, maybe it's wasted because I also think that there's a very good chance that I will not be buying a new car anytime soon. And so, like, that's just another another club in my bag of, like, I am not locked into this specific thing, so I can always walk away. Yeah, well, for you, the key will be to make sure that you do the shopping before you actually need it because that's right. when you would get, get really, uh, yep. really hosed. Yep, 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 yep. You know, I I don't know how much, you know, I get emails and notifications from my banks all the time about being, you know, pre-qualified for car loans and, and that sort of shit. I don't know how much any of that aids or by the time you get to the final boss, you know, makes that process more difficult. But, like, I would think that having having all of that information going in probably helps at least a little no i i so i was really i was really impressed with how many different things there are out there to help with the process um costco now a favorite of all of ours um they have a car buying process where you can go and they will give you a costco member price for certain dealerships then you can start negotiating from there. If you go and the one Honda dealer or one Toyota dealer in your town gives you that rate, um, then you can go to the other one and be like, hey, I kind of want to buy with, from you, but I know I can get this rate here. Um, and you know, your, your bank might be really helpful. 
Um, and you might have friends that have done this before, but you're still going to get there. And the salesperson wants you to buy the car. But as Max said, when you start introducing things outside of the silo, you know, your, your bank or a price from someone else, or when you say, hey, no one asked me about the trade-in, what's the value of my trade-in? Anytime there's these these particles from outside their silo, the finance the money person is going to lose it and rip up a paper in front of your face and say, "Get back out there and do it again," which is a thing that happened, and that's the person I talked to today. If you uh, you, oh have, you have to rip the paper before they rip the paper. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. No, you do no, it again. No, yeah. Um, I I found yeah to the your point about being helpful like, but when I bought my second car um sorry my third car uh i did finance like if you get financing ahead of time and talk to an actual person that person will probably be your biggest advocate and most helpful person um it doesn't seem like the finance person at the actual dealership is ever happy Uh, they seem like just miserable people all around (laughs) regardless of whether you finance with them or not but um but yeah, I had a pretty good experience buying the buying the mini where I was I had the financing already set up through a local credit union, but then that credit union I didn't even know I had like a partnership with the dealership and it yeah. made it very easy because mm. I was like, "Oh, I'm mm-hmm. I'm financing through this credit union." And they're like, "Oh yeah, like we work with them like as if I was doing it through them." So they seemed happy with it. I don't know who got like the commission or whatever, but it my my rate didn't change from what I had already agreed upon with the credit union, so it didn't matter to me. I, I didn't even think of the commission part. And also, I think with used cars, I would be curious. I don't know. Um, you know, because it's like if you buy a Honda, you get financing through Honda. But in your instance, if you buy a Mini from a dealer, accurate like, dealership. dealership, like that's not part of, of their silo. So I wonder if that plays into it. They're less, they're less aggressive about in, it. In my experience, that Acura dealership, which considers themselves a luxury car dealership, wanted to get that mini off their lot um yeah. and granted a lot of people don't go to an acura dealership and be like oh look a mini cooper like it's a pretty <laughs> specialized no. car so i think as soon as i showed up with interest they were like oh, this guy will probably buy it and i thought i got a good deal um but that is a tip i yeah if you go to like a nicer dealerships with maybe cars that they don't want on their lot um maybe you'd have better luck but i think yeah used shopping is a lot easier especially in a bigger city because you can go anywhere and haggle between the two whereas in a yeah. place like this you want a ford you go to the, the ford dealership uh, yeah. the the thing also we haven't mentioned yet and we are however long in part of the reason why i didn't want to be involved in the process is that i recognize that if i am part of the picture part of the car buying process and there is a man and a woman there i have been to enough car dealerships in my wife in in my life to know that I would have been the one that they were talking to. And as a co-signing on the loan, I was like, I am not going to be there because they will be either uh, consciously or unconsciously biased. And I'm not introducing that because it's not my car and I shouldn't be seen as the person making the decisions. That is, unfortunately, I feel like with these, having purchased a home too, I saw that as well. And unfortunately, that's how that stuff works. And it is obviously wrong. Yeah, we had some very negative uh, interactions with some specific dealerships and salespeople. Yeah. Regard. Gross. But, you know, yeah, it, it, it is gross. Awful. 
and now and uh, you know to to switch because I can't really solve for that today. But you know, Kevin, I do know that you had a, a you know you like me bought a car early in your career, but you also did a totally different like car buying option from like what we've des- been describing, which is mostly um, you know financing to to buy. And I wonder how you feel on the other side of your experience. Uh, yeah, so I got the I did the the lease thing right out because I got this new job. I had no idea where I was going to be after a couple of years or whatever. So I leased, and part of the thing I liked about that was that those prices are kind of set, and you can research them and like, oh, okay, a Corolla. This is what they lease for, and if there's a new graduate discount, blah blah blah. Um, but at that time, I didn't know that I was supposed to like. I have no idea what the the purchase after the lease was, like what the price that we agreed on and whether it was a good deal or not. It probably wasn't because I didn't do much research. But um, yeah, I mean, I I guess I'm a fan of just having the set price and that's why I liked it. And um, yeah, I mean, it was it worked for me at that time. It's not necessarily the best financial move, especially if you go from lease to lease to lease. But um, yeah, it felt it felt less permanent and at a time where things were pretty all over the place, it was kind of worth whatever money I might've lost to, uh, to, uh, to get that. But I was sat like the going back to the purchase part, my second experience at the car dealership, because you have to kind of go through the same, even though like, Oh yeah, you just, you know, you agree on the price ahead of time and then you come in and if you want to buy it, you just buy it. Like you still have to go through all of the same stuff all over yeah. again, because we don't really do the finding the financing much of it like you kind of do it like a little mini mini finance at the beginning and then you have to do it again and so i saw the check to make sure they're like oh you told me that we weren't going to pay the tax twice and they're like oh yeah my mistake i meant to cross that out i was like okay yeah i bet you meant to cross it out <laughs> um, so oh man i mean it's again one of those things where they make it sound nice but ultimately it's two it's two purchases really and it was two headaches and yeah and i mean the idea of effectively renting to kind of learn what is valuable to you, I think, is good. I mean, that's what, you know, renting an apartment before you get a home is. This is a weird case. It's like, hey, that apartment you rented and you play it and is still sticky with beer on the floor from when you played beer pong. How about you just buy it now? Like, it's usually different. It's like, now I understand I will get my own that is new and that that is kind of maybe new to me. Um, so... I mean, I, I think it's interesting, but on the uh, the other end of the spectrum, and really we have been negative about this, and I'm going to add another negative thing, which is Max, I remember one time you shared that someone that you worked with at one point um, said that their, uh, their lease, or not their lease term, their financing term was coming to an end, and they were like, oh, well, I need to buy a new car now, and you had to relate to them that it's like, well, why? And they're like, oh, well, because that's that's you know, car payment. I, I'll get a new one. I have another car payment. And I think that that rhythm of like always having a car payment is something that some people must have, as opposed to like, no, you just own it now. Now you can use that money on other things. And I have to think part of that is because we're so car centric. It's like, oh, now new for the new I, shiny one. It's car centric and and borrowing and debt centric. We're so we, yeah. you know, people are used to having a car payment. So yes, it was a situation where. They were saying, oh, I'll buy a new car. My car payment will go down. I was like, yeah, but you 
you'll have four more years of it. They didn't, that wasn't clicking for them immediately. And that's why so many people are buying these. That's why the median price is so high because people are just like, oh, I only have to pay X a month. So, yeah. sure. Oh, when they do 72 month fucking leases. Yeah. Yeah. You made a joke about canceling with Comcast. Um, my car did come with like three free months of serious XM. Oh my God. <laughs> they call me like every week. With an actual person on the line asking if I want to renew my serious account, and and don't like, you no, I don't never you wanted it in the first don't place. you remotely start don't you remotely start that thing after a year because you have to pay the subscription price to remotely start your car with an app because that's what they that's what they yep. do now, um, and you're like oh a hundred dollars a year that's worth it to, for my car to be the temperature I want when I get in as opposed to waiting a minute. Um, yeah, it's yeah. it's nuts. It's nuts. Yeah. But That's like nuts. the idea of someone willingly buying a new car at the end of paying off a, a car note because they're used to having a car payment has truly melted my brain in a way that nothing else we have discussed in 370 episodes has. So I, for for my sake before my head explodes like in the movie Scanners, we probably need to move on to Pierce's sorry. Um, so I think to shift, uh, I will actually talk about a place where you should never drive. Um, and I don't even know if I've really been here, but it's a place I'm very familiar with. Until I was, I don't know, probably about the age where I purchased my first car. So I don't know, 25 years or so. Um, there is a place in Maryland, uh, very close uh, to where you live, Sean, um, and uh, it is called Bethesda. <laughs> I did not, until I was 25 years old, know how that was spelled. I can't tell you why other than I avoided Maryland and never went over there, but I would listen, I would only hear it mentioned on the radio. And most people pronounce it Bethesda. And I just, I had no idea how it was spelled. And I had to finally, like, for reasons, I think I had to maybe go there, was considering going there, I looked at the metro stop. I'm like, what is that? What is B-E-T-H-E-S-D-A? And it's like, oh, that's the place. So for my entire growing up life in post-college a little bit, I did not know that it's Bethesda. Um, I still haven't really been there, and I don't really ever need to go there. But um, it's like not not realizing that all cows are are female cattle. Like you just until you're looking at it straight in the face, you don't go, "Oh, that was wrong." But what about so, the boy um, cows? What about the 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 boy cows are not cows? <laughs> Incredible. <laughs> if, 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 I, I, well, let me be sure. If, if you and Max don't believe Pierce, expression. it's like totally a thing. It was multiplied by five where I grew up. So yeah, just like unaware of the existence of Bethesda. No, just I mean, I knew what it was. It but, Bethesda. Yeah. Oh, yeah, Bethesda. I've never heard anyone say that. Yeah, I, I haven't either. Honestly, I think it was honestly. I think it was like Bethesda Games is when I went. Oh, yeah. that's how you spell it. I definitely knew about Bethesda Games before I knew about Bethesda Maryland. But yes. then again, I didn't grow up, you know, within an hour of D.C. I grew up in 
Louisiana, where I had to explain to people at UVA that uh, I came from the city and not from the literal swamp. So, <laughs> uh, yeah. Uh, all right. Let's move on to a uh, big idea from pop culture. And finally, we, we had to wait a little bit to get it. Uh, Max, you've got something for us. I do, yeah. So um, I did something that I uh, I don't think I've ever done before, which is that a musical artist or group that I really like, one of my favorites, came out with a new record, and I decided to purchase it without listening to it first. Um, hmm. Typically, typically my record consumption or purchases are, oh, I know I really like this. I'm going to go buy it so I have it to listen to whenever I want. And this was like a... I know I like this artist a lot, and so I'm betting this is really good. Um, and so that album is uh, Rodrigo E. Gabriela's latest, uh, In Between Thoughts, A New World. came out last month. If you're not familiar, hey. they are a uh, Mexican acoustic guitar duo that plays kind of acoustic uh, hard rock. They're heavily influenced by Metallica and other heavy metals. They have a couple albums that are just heavy metal covers of Metallica, Slayer, um, and then things like uh, Rage Against the Machine, Megadeth. Um, so they kind of bring a lot of energy. Uh, this latest album is really fun. It's all acoustics. There's no singing. Um, I, I love putting it on for like, uh, you know, dancing around the house slash cooking music. Um, but I would, I would highly recommend any of their albums. It's uh, Rodrigo E. Gabriela. They are just really fun to listen to. Um, this latest album, I think, is a little higher energy. It's a little louder than previous albums, other than their their metal covers. Um, of their original uh, EPs, it's it's a little little more, like, dancey. Um, and uh, and just, a, just a fun thing to, to check out. So check them out on Spotify if you don't want to dive in like I did. That rules. Do you have a, do you have a Rodrigo y Gabriela metal cover that you particularly like? Um, I'm asking for episode music purposes. Um, their cover of uh, Orion by Metallica is very good. All right. Oh, consider it done. Uh, all right, and it's time uh, for you to just keep on rolling and uh, become our trivia master. Yeah, so uh, Kevin wanted a question about theme parks and or roller coasters. Sean, you're shaking Wanted is one word, but... Huh? I said wanted is one word. You just asked for a category. Fair. Well, you could have done preparation ahead of time. I could have asked about uh, the world's tallest roller coaster or the world's fastest roller coaster or roller coaster tycoon, all of these fun things. Um tallest so for for the longest time the king Ka was actually the tallest and fastest roller coaster uh it is still the tallest in the world at around i think 456 feet or something but the world's fastest it goes about 120 something miles per hour world's fastest is a roller coaster in at ferrari world in in uh, abu dhabi that goes i want to say 170 <laughs> miles per hour <laughs> something that'll just melt your face but that's not what we're asking about today today's question is uh, of all these roller coasters and theme parks, what theme park, known as the undisputed, quote, thrill capital of the world, features a record 20 world-class coasters more than any other theme park on the planet? So basically, what, what theme park has the most roller coasters in the world? Kevin, you're giving a thumbs up like you don't even need options. 
but I'll, I have, I'm going to give you options. I have been terrified <laughs> yeah. of roller coasters since I was four years old, so I'm definitely going to need options. Yeah, so we've got five options. Is it A, Cedar Point, which is located in, I want to say Cedar Sandusky, Point, Ohio. Ohio. Sandusky, yeah. Ohio. Uh, is it B, Europa Park in Germany? Is it C, Six Flags Magic Mountain, which is right outside Los Angeles in California? Is it D, Six Flags Great Adventure, which is in an area I will call Central New Jersey, though people from New Jersey would claim doesn't exist? <laughs> or is it E, Energylandia in Poland? And there are 20 <laughs> roller coasters in this park. I'm guessing I'm guessing anyway, so don't don't take don't take right, up more time on my then, account. And then I'll go. I'll just say Cedar Point. I'm also gonna say Cedar Point with some confidence, with some level of confidence. Yeah, I mean so Cedar Point is my guess. I think it, it's possible it's Magic Mountain, but Cedar Point is my answer. Ooh. You are all incorrect. <laughs> it is <laughs> Six Flags Magic Mountain in uh, Los Angeles. Six Flags Magic Mountain has 20 roller coasters. Uh, Energy Landia, I believe, comes in second at 19. And a place called Canada's Wonderland has 17. But I didn't put that on the list because it doesn't even sound real. You've been. I've been. Oh, is it fantastic? Well, I was like four or five, so I wasn't tall enough to ride any of the 17 roller coasters. Yeah, the last time that I went on a roller coaster that I didn't, like hate was at most disney world when i was five uh and possibly as early as hershey park in pennsylvania when i was i believe three years old so i was kind of hosed on this from the start (laughs) fair well maybe i gave too many answers six flags magic mountain has 20 roller coasters um that's too uh, many. Great Adventure still has the world's tallest. Huh? That's too, too many. many. Yeah. Yeah. Get them next That's time. also the end of the show. You can find us at our home on the web, www.prettyokpod.com, or you can subscribe to the show feed on your podcast app of choice. We'll be back next week to talk about something else. Until then, I'm Sean. Here's. I'm Max. I'm Kevin. Thanks for listening.